0: Welcome, schmack to Schmack I'm your co-host Gurf, and your other host is Fitz. I don't know how people say that; sounds kind of weird. Fitz, we gotta yeah. we gotta have a trendy intro after the guitar because you know, like John Meadows says things like um, "Hi everybody," and then he, uh, yeah. you know, he's got like, and you're like, "Oh, it's John Meadows." So we'll come up with something dumb. Um, yeah. So today, sure. Today's episode is the second in our psychology of training series, and this episode is on motivation. So, Fitz, you want to give us a little introduction, you Poodles?
1: Yeah, so, motivation is like the fucking... I, If you were to take all the videos that exist on the internet that have to do anything with sports psychology, uh, I, I'd go so far to say as 98% of them are around motivation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're usually like just some hip, lo-fi backing track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love it. They've got... They've got, like, a deep elderly man speaking in the background uh, who sounds like he's had a hard life. And then it's some crazy talented athlete doing crazy talented things. uh, And that's what people get, like, motivation in inverted commas from. Uh, So that's kind of, I think, that's where a lot of people come from, you know, that motivation for them is, like, uh, seeing somebody else doing really well or watching a video or listening to something and being motivated by that. Uh that's like that's a part of motivation. That's a that's a a kind of that's a segment of the pie. And um, but I think there's much more valuable things we can glean from kind of sorting out our motivational sources uh and trying to target what motivates us to train, what motivates us to compete in a sport or whatever that is. So the kind of the way we're gonna run it today is we're gonna look at GURF's motivation uh, so like what motivates him to train now, what motivated him to start training back when he was a baby Girf. Uh, And then like at a few key kind of transitional points, what his motivations were. Uh, we look at some of my motivation to train and then we're going to just delve a small bit into the kind of the reason different sources of motivation might be better uh, or might have a more prolonged effect than watching a video of eric thomas or one of those motivational speakers uh talking to a class of kids in the us somewhere
0: you remember that one where your man was like it was huge um you wanted as bad as you want to breathe remember that one that came out yeah that was that's eric thomas yeah, oh was that yeah it? that was the yeah, heady yeah, yeah, of, yeah of like motivational videos
1: on youtube my so, god that, that was when we were like i'd say we were around 18 19 when that came out yeah that's just and that was like that was the shizzle that was it, like, that was how you fucking... you yeah. oh,
0: got psyched. And then I remember some, someone overlays his, that audio with a video of someone training for the NFL or some combine American football, yeah. like, some just yeah. ma- massively athletic fella.
1: How bad do you want it? Yeah,
0: that was it. How bad do you want it? <laughs> um, but he was talking about, like, making money and go to
1: college and stuff. Yeah. All right, so... Uh,
0: my overarching motivations at the moment are basically two things. So one is to achieve the ultimate in my potential. So achieve the maximum possible results that I could as a human being for the snatch, clean and jerk and auxiliary exercises. So that is the ultimate, that is 50% of my motivation right now. So just achieving, so that kind of, so when I started weightlifting, it was for the sport of weightlifting, but somewhere along the way that transitioned into, I don't really care about competition. And well, I did and I didn't, it wasn't something like I was and I did very well but at a certain point, it changed into. I want to see what I can do and lift as much as I possibly can. And then the second motivation currently is weightlifting for me is a purpose in my day-to-day life. So it's one of my reasons for doing something. Like it is an overarching purpose. Like it is a very, very solid purpose that I have for doing things. So obviously there's other things that I that give me reason for doing stuff. You know, there's things that give me purpose, but weightlifting is one of the one of the biggest ones for me so it's very easy for me to be motivated when it's encompasses so much of my life I suppose training and trying to achieve my potential so they would be two the, the biggest ones and everything else so my motivation isn't really today I got to hit 3 by 3 in the spot, like they're just kind of peg marks I suppose to achieving that motivation and then originally when I, when I was younger, when I was five or six, I was enamored with martial arts. So when I was six, I would have started taekwondo because my older brother was doing it at the time. And I'm not sure really what it was. I remember watching like waves or the Fists of Fury and wave the dragon or whatever from uh, Bruce Lee. And I was just, <laughs> that was it like that for me was like, that was just the something about that. So there's no explanation from your five or six why something takes your fancy. But yeah. to me, that was that was it for me, I suppose. So I would have been playing gaily football at the time as well, but not really enjoying it. But I did really enjoy martial arts. And then as I transitioned, through, as I got older, I suppose, as I grew, kind of when I was, I, I dropped martial arts, I suppose, and I kept playing like uh, gaily football or whatever. But team sports for me was just not something that I enjoyed in the least. But I just did not enjoy it. It didn't, it didn't kind of um, strike a chord with me. It didn't really tickle the fancy, I suppose so then along the way funny enough again for my older brother who was doing strongman i kind of was introduced to the world of uh, training i remember he was living in the uk at the time when he came back when i was i think and it was i remember halloween it was like midterm break in school and i think i think it was 15 i think it was 15 or 16 pretty sure it was 15. and i went to the gym with him and it was just bob's your uncle fanny's your aunt that was it then i remember i was reading um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, training book at the time. And he talked about Olympic weightlifters. I went on YouTube and I saw 2000 Sydney Olympics 69 kilo class. And I was like, holy shit, that's for me. And then the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah. So, I, I don't,
1: yeah. And then, so, like, that's that's kind of what motivates you now. What motivates you, to, uh, like, when you started training or whatever. So then, when you... So, like, let's take for an example when you were going to senior Europeans. So, like, when you were competing internationally, what was your main motivating factor there? Was it to have, um, like, a place on the national team? Was it to represent your country? Was it just to achieve the biggest numbers you could? What was it back then? It might be hard to even Uh, remember. No, I can actually
0: remember very clearly because it was such a distinct goal. So, the motivation at senior Europeans, weirdly enough, so this is one of the few times I can remember motivation with 100% certainty was, so obviously senior Europeans competition, bigger, bigger competitions each time, kind of not harder, I suppose, in for to come as a bit more prestigious. So with Europe senior Europeans and Celtic Nations, or senior, junior Europeans, Celtic Nations or whatever, but going to senior Europeans, then obviously it was a big step up because it was a higher qualification total. But I remember, so the records at the time were 135, 165 was a change kilo total, and the fella... I can't remember his name. Actually, I can remember his name, but I'm not gonna say. Obviously, but he tested positive. So the year after he set those, you know, um, and it was like, yeah. it was. I was. It was well known that he was on drugs when he set these records. Like there is, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no fucking no doubt about it. Like so, my goal was, I wanted to beat these records, obviously at senior Europeans, but beat them as a natural athlete. You know, it was just a goal, and it wasn't like fuck, fuck, fucking yeah. people who take gear. I was literally like, oh, that's a cool goal to beat someone who was obviously on gear, and beat their numbers as yeah. a natural athlete in competition. And that was a really strong motivation for me, like, because that is one of the great things about weightlifting for me was that it's so objective, you know, and all I had to do was put an extra kilo on that bar and 166 and just nailed it. And I was very, very happy with that because that motivation, obviously, I loved weightlifting and that was part of the motivation. And again, it was giving me purpose when I was in college. But that particular to achieve those results at Europeans was the motivation, you know. There was a reason because I couldn't compete with the people who were winning my weight class. You know, I couldn't compete with someone. I couldn't go. I'm going to hit two twenty six Europeans because the winner might hit two twenty five. You know, that was unrealistic, and that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that might motivate me. It wouldn't really, in in reality, it'd probably just dishearten me if I made it my true motivation. If I if I kind of brought that in and decided that this is the motivation for me was to win that because that wasn't realistic. Whereas, yeah. I knew I could beat. The numbers, the national records at the time and I did obviously but the results don't mean the motivation I suppose
1: And then I suppose the last point uh, which might be interesting to look at is when you transitioned out of competing internationally and competing on the Irish team to just training on your own and training for what you wanted to do, what were your motivations then?
0: So as every human does, we kind of like to ourselves when we do things, you know, a certain part of us knows knows us better than we do ourselves, you know, so we're not really, what are, what's the name for your thoughts that are not subconscious, but they're not conscious thoughts, there's another word for it, kind of the, it's like superficial thoughts, you know, there's, okay. a, there's a word for it in psychology, I can't remember what it was, but, y-
1: first no, subconscious no, thoughts, thought,
0: so like the surface level thoughts, there's, um, I think there's another term to phrase for it, but it doesn't matter, any. so the surface level conversations I was having with myself would have been for one reason, but my actions were taking me in a much different direction. And obviously, a part of me knew full well what was happening. And as like, as I say, we are all always we always lie to ourselves at certain at periods in our when we're doing things, you know, we say we're doing for one reason. And I was telling myself, oh, just going to take a break from training because I needed a break or a break from competition because I needed a break. I was like I'll start my uh, career after college keep training set things up and come back but uh, when I left uh, looking back now it was very clear that I was never going back there was no I was never going back to competition it wasn't for me there there was no what was in the future I didn't know what it was but I knew it wasn't going back to competition and while at times obviously if it's you wouldn't know when I was being like oh I'm gonna go back this year or next year yeah, yeah. and then next year and then I remember in 2018 before we went on the rally I talked to one of yeah. the um, I had talked to Harry Leach of Capital Strength you know because he would have been involved with the, the so this was pre this kind of before you kind of had to start deciding if you wanted to go for Tokyo you know and because I'd been yeah. telling myself that I went about the actions I kind of carried on the lie like I, I continued the charade myself you know that maybe you are so I, <laughs> I had a conversation one day but what it would have involved you know and I knew I'd, after that conversation I knew I was like no I'm done definitely done and it wasn't um yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah, giving yeah. up something I'd given that something up months beforehand because I'd realized I was very yeah. happy and I am very happy with what I was doing like the motivation became something else you know but it's funny how you're still attached to prior kind of um kind of structures in your brain that, that that's what you need to be doing you know for no reason you no know? but I didn't need them and uh, yeah. now I'm I'm very, very aware of what it is. But these aren't some things I could have told myself four years ago. I couldn't have made myself understand these things. These weren't, these weren't yeah, options, yeah, you yeah. know. These wasn't, I couldn't convince myself that that is what you're really doing, you know. And I think from day one, realistically, numbers on the bar in training or not was what mattered to me. Just achieving my maximum potential, you know, was something that was always the overarching goal when I look back, you know, and still is and
1: will probably always will be, I'd imagine. Yeah so then when you like just one thing to clear up is like when you say you needed a break from training what was that break like was it like psychologically you were just no physically no from
0: physically i was like physically i yeah. was hurting like i was you know I, yeah, I, so yeah, was, yeah. I talked about this i think in episode one i think you know i got so it was the only i think i've mentioned it a few times as well obviously we am gonna be like joe Rogan soon mentioning the same things over but i had legitimate overtraining syndrome so like full-on cns fatigue you know is was um I'd wake up in the middle of the night and yeah. I'd be like just white knuckling my fists like wide awake instantly kind of eventually then it led to me just getting severely sick and imagine my immune system was basically nil from massive levels of cortisol training mm-hmm. or of cortisol from <laughs> cortisol I remember one day I was in the lab and I just I started feeling kind of lightheaded and I was like oh shit I better go home because I'd never I've rarely got sick before and then I just literally pissed yeah. Shit And fucking vomited My brain's out For four or five days And I lost like Five or six kilos <laughs> And then I kind of realised I was like This isn't There wasn't food poisoning You know And it didn't seem It may not have been A virus incidentally Like but I was It was a combination Of events leading to this And I was like Yeah I was like maybe Like physically I'd injured my shoulder Twice that year I couldn't Lift a bar overhead For like I think it was a total Of like 16 weeks Maybe No but less Maybe 12 weeks Into like split into two separate Kind of blocks Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I think you need a break from competition just for a few months, you know, just to because I'd done so many competitions and I had to do more competitions for the year aft. So this would have been in 2015 and Rio would have been coming up the next year. But I would finished college and obviously career and weightlifting aren't the same thing. And obviously we don't have the yeah, same opportunities yeah, yeah. As we do now, but the work we've put in. But at the time that seeking Strength wasn't the thing. So it was I needed to set up a career. I'd facilitate that and I in my head I would have been maybe twenty twenty was more important than twenty sixteen. So then mm-hmm. I took that break because physically I needed it. And then here we are.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And what do you think so like of all the sorts of motivation you've had over however many years, what do you think is the strongest or like is it the motivation you have now to train where you're like achieving your maximal potential as a weightlifter or what has there been stronger sources of motivation in the past there
0: has been kind of fires that would have burned brighter in the past at certain periods of time you know yeah like breakup gains or or like the senior europeans like they would have burned very bright you know but i think yeah. over the years they were just burning away what was really underneath you know the actual the core structure of what my motivation was 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 these kind of two things you know a purpose and like achieving physically what I could as a human being you know the rest would have been they've been kind of sheared off like as the years went by they were just things that were eliminated they didn't really make a difference they may have been temporarily but they weren't we were just getting back to where I am now you know there was just pairing in a way like
1: yeah yeah so I suppose then like to move on from that my, when I started playing f- sports, I was like four or five uh, and I started playing rugby for the team at home. And like, you don't, when you're playing on a team and you're like, you've just grown up with that, motivation is in no way a thing. Like you don't struggle with it. For me, it never, ever waned. There was no amount of like, like I'd never be like, oh, jeez, I wish I didn't have to go training tonight. That never existed would never, ever have skipped training sessions, would never have uh, not listened to advice, would never have kind of uh, wanted to basically move off the the recommended path. And that was just, I think, to a certain extent, that's like an institutional level of of motivation. And you'll see that with with sports teams all the time where uh, people just understand this is a certain way that things are done. Uh, this is a certain way people are coached it's a certain way people are expected to train uh, and then you don't have this thing where like people drop out or or feel the need for additional motivation uh I think as I became like a small bit older then uh so when I might have been fourteen, yeah probably like fourteen or fifteen, and you start seeing people on like uh so you start seeing the senior team in the club doing really, really well. So uh, like winning big competitions or winning big matches and being up there watching the that, that is a huge motivating factor for like a young kid that I was playing in like, like playing in the same field, uh, using the same facilities that the senior team do, knowing that for me, that's only two or three or four years away uh And seeing those people achieving things with the same jersey on is hugely motivating uh and that was definitely like the big thing for me was like doing having the best possible performance in that jersey, so then I could go out and do the things in maybe two or three years' time that I saw the senior players doing at at that time uh and then I think there's like there's other things like. Uh, kind of regional teams or whatever it was like where they'd amalgamate people and you might get trials for like a monster, youth trial or something uh, and they were motivating they were definitely motivating but they were kind of more just like a fleeting motivation you know that might be uh, motivation for the next six months or it might be motivation for this year that you want to get on this team or, or whatever it is Uh then I think, like, you... So that's, like, kind of young, adult, team player. Uh, and then you have, like, once you start getting up around a senior team in a club, like, the the big motivating factor was, uh, like, getting onto the team. Like, being the player who's selected to just have the starting position on the team. And that's... That's unbelievably motivating. So you have, like... So for me, it was uh, all the way up through age grade stuff. You don't really struggle for, like, a place on the team. Like, you might have struggled to get a place on the team for a few years and then you're kind of not set in your ways, but you're fairly confident that you're going to be the second row for the next five games unless you're injured. And then when you get injured, you might, like... Injuries are very, very, very common at that level. So, like, an injury will come, you might have to train really hard for a few weeks, and then you'll get that position back. Uh, The motivating factor when you start playing, like, adult-level rugby is that you're unbelievably motivated just to get your place on the team. Uh, And I think if you're looking at some of the the strongest motivation I've I've ever had... uh, would just be those kind of years when I might have been like 17, 18, 19 uh, and doing everything possible like training every single hour I possibly could uh, just to get from like so you you go from being like a senior player on a fucking under 18s or under 19s team uh, and then it's like that year you might start like falling in with a senior team but then it's the next year when you stop playing age grade, you suddenly go from being this, like, fucking big shot who is, like, pretty much guaranteed of what of whatever place they have uh, all the way down to being, like, the fucking shithead who fills up the water bottles uh, <laughs> and has to bring in the gear after training. So I think if you're looking at, like, really strong points of motivation, uh, when I was playing ball, that was definitely one of the strongest, like, driving forces uh was just to get like it's like a proving yourself thing again um and like I spoke about it where when you're younger players and you look at these like the J1 team or whatever it is and that's like that's the level you want to be playing at so then you're like you've it's only been 3 or 4 years and now you're like fuck I really 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 need to prove myself uh to get there i think then in like So, when I was 22, uh, yeah, around then, when I'd stopped playing ball, like, most of that season was, like, we did not have good seasons leading up to that. Um, It was just, like, the club was struggling. So, like, those seasons were very much, like, for my last season and the season before that, were to be the best possible player for the club, like, if you get what I mean. Uh, And I was, like... Your motivation. So I was a dual status player for the year before I gave up, which means I played with two clubs. Uh And that's like, that's a bit all over the place as well because you're going from like, like togging out for a game on the Saturday, then togging out for a game on the Sunday, trying to make two training sessions with each team for the week before. So like motivations and time like that, it's just fucking all over the place because it, it's basically damage control. Uh, to make sure you're not overtraining, to make sure you're not getting injured too often. Uh, So that's like... That's a kind of... To be honest, I think in that season in particular, if that had been managed a small bit better, uh, I probably would have been a small bit more driven. Uh, But back then, like, you're full of absolutely every ounce of piss and vinegar that have ever been made. Uh, So... I don't think it would have mattered too much. Uh, To be honest, my motivation then following, like, giving up sport or giving up rugby was, uh, like, I was kind of motivated. Or, look, I was very motivated with, like, lifting weights and doing CrossFit and stuff because I had this huge kind of bank of experience and just, like, this was what I did was train uh, maybe, like, five or six times a week, all these different sessions, all these different things that I do every week um, with, like, different teams or on my own in the gym or on my own with doing whatever. So then CrossFit was, like, a good motivating force for me then. I had somewhere to put that energy. Uh, at the time, like, my head was so fucked up that I just had to train anyway because just to try and get some sort of fucking peace in my brain... Uh, but then literally I'd say maybe six or eight months, maybe a bit longer into kind of starting into CrossFit properly, uh, training in a CrossFit gym. I just kind of transitioned over to weightlifting, uh, and weightlifting gave me a lot more structure. And I think that motive, like the structure in itself was motivating. If you get what I mean, like, Garf, I know you talk a lot about like, like, following the process and the process being like something you seek solace in. Uh, so I think weightlifting for me was a good, like the sport itself and the very, very objective nature of the sport was just motivating in itself. Just the simple fact that like this week was two kilos heavier than last week. Last week was five kilos heavier than the week before. Uh, so it's like a very kind of, so we we'll can talk about this later, but in terms of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, for me, like, adding a kilo to the bar was the perfect amount of intrinsic motivation. Because it was just me. I didn't know anybody who was a weightlifter. I never watched weightlifting. I wasn't interested in weightlifting. The only other people I had ever really seen do, like, like we did loads of power cleans. We did loads of fucking cleans and thrusters and all that when we were training for rugby, but... That was like you were set this way to do that, was prescribed. I went and did that, or I was given a program, I followed the programme and I went and did it. In terms of me having control over adding two and a half kilos or adding five kilos, uh, that was like perfect. It was fully intrinsic. I didn't give a shit. Like there's people in the gym way, way stronger than me. Uh so that was ideal. Um but then CrossFit basically went away forever. Uh, and, uh, and like motivation is something I've... It's, it's fluctuated vastly in terms of my training. Uh, I'd say since that first kind of... The first two years I was in UL, I was unbelievably motivated to train. Like I was training under potty uh And that worked well. Like also the thing of achieving things while you're training is the most phenomenal motivator ever like I remember going and moving to UL when I was like 21 or 22 22 uh, and it being this thing of like like in my head I might have snatched 80 85 or 90 kilos before I went up and in my head 100 kilos I think it was 84 kilos actually anyway in my head, a 100 kilo snatch was like, fuck, there's no way that exists. There's no way like a normal human being just going to the gym can ever snatch 100 kilos. And then like three weeks into being in UL, uh, I finally cornered Poddy uh and convinced him to give me a few sessions. And then like seeing guys like you, seeing guys like Devin and stuff training as well, like, all that kind of crew that was hanging around you well at the time uh, was eye-opening and I think I snatched 100 kilos in like a few months after going up there Uh, and then like fuck it after that it's an incredibly bumpy road of training really really hard for a few months and then not training for another year and then training really really hard for another thing and then not training for another year and then if you're well aware of the the fluctuations, them anyway. um,
0: uh, I think you got a handle on at the moment, though, <clears throat> what your current motivation yeah. is. So, um, you have a video made for that, don't you? So, wait. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The video will be uploaded on so, this day or same
0: day. Fits as kind of. So sorry, your weightlifting wasn't really. It wasn't totally tickling the full feather. Like it wasn't really getting everything you needed from training. No, you know, no. and I think you always kind of knew that, but. There was, you didn't really know what um, what it was you needed extra. You know, so you obviously enjoyed yeah. weightlifting, but it wasn't the full, it wasn't fully what you needed. I think your current goal at the moment is something that definitely, um, I'm excited for that goal anyway. I think you yeah. were I think you're fairly motivated for this one though.
1: Yeah, I think this one is. So if like, so periods where in weightlifting I was really. Like really motivated to train where like to snatch a hundred kilos to uh like jerk or clean and jerk like one twenty or one thirty or whatever it was, like very motivated back then. Once that once I achieved that, it kind of waned a bit. Then two years ago, uh, I wanted to hit like big weightlifting numbers and I did like maybe a year of good training. Uh and snatched like one twenty five, clean and jerked one fifty. 150 or 155. Uh, And then, like, I was very, very happy with that. And then, like, motivation kind of waned again, you know. Uh, But this, like, the new goal... uh, So, if you haven't seen the video, is to back squat 500 pounds, which is, like, just less than 230 kilos, uh, and run a five-minute mile in the same day. Uh, So, it'd be cool to do one straight after the other, but I probably won't do that. Uh, So... Like the five hundred pound back squat is something I've done before. That's that's not going to be a huge issue. the The, the issue will probably be doing a five hundred pound back squat while training for a five minute mile uh, and doing it at a body weight that's not inhibitory to me running a mile that fast or inhibitory to you uh, squatting
0: two hundred twenty seven and a half kilos yeah. without yeah absolutely destroying yourself yeah. without
1: exploding yeah. uh And to be honest, like the bit of fear is kind of the really good motivating factor behind this. Like Like Joe, yeah, like this. The reason it came to mind was because this was a huge thing on the forums back when I was like, I remember when I I moved to Limerick first, uh, and I used to be reading every single fucking forum about CrossFit and about training and about like MMA, strength and conditioning, possible. And this was something that was thrown around a lot. Was that like? Uh, you couldn't somebody in some CrossFit gym somewhere claimed that they were going to be the first person to to do this so that they'd coach an athlete to run a 5 minute mile and do a 500 pound back squat in the same day uh, and then it, like, there was always this kind of debate running over and back as to whether that is something that's, that's like properly achievable uh, people have done it since there's a good few people have done it since so I know it's not impossible which is important uh cause I'm not fucking Roger Bannister like I'm not yeah. a great runner uh I have a big advantage that I talk about in the video of like I was a good enough runner at that kind of something similar to that distance uh at one stage in my life and I've been somebody who can back squat that weight at one yeah. stage in my life uh So, like, I'm, in essence, I'm just very detrained, and then I'm extremely detrained in the other. So, like, that bit of fear is definitely highly motivating for me. Uh, The other thing that's highly motivating for me is that it's, like, it's... That has enough gravitas in my head to be, like, where I can be, like, oh, I'm willing to sacrifice this for that. So, like... I'm willing to sacrifice uh, going out and spending time with people for that. I'm, like, willing to sacrifice uh, having an extra three hours fishing at the weekend for that. Like, I'm actually, like, this is, like, big enough to do that. Whereas, like, in my head, uh, like, fuck it. If you want to talk about things that are incredibly unmotivating, I just feel like I have to mention it now. For me, powerlifting was the (laughs) least... I can't, like, I cannot stress this enough. It was the least motivating thing I've ever done in my entire life. It's, and it's not for, like, because you don't see progress. Because, like, all you do is just go and train. And then once you keep training, you just see progress. Like, that's, it's just, oh. It was like building a wall. Yeah, oh, that was the final nail for me stopping training. So, like, I basically haven't trained properly, ...since December, Uh and like, oh, like, the perfect metaphor for me and powerlifting training was like, I was building a wall with really shit stone that was for somebody else's house that I'd never have to look at again, and I wasn't getting paid for it. So yeah. you know, like, it was just, oh, it's just, oh, I have a whole new respect for powerlifters after, but then I also have a whole range of questions as to why they do it. Uh, So yeah, like, current motivation is because this is something that's a genuine challenge, uh, which I didn't feel powerlifting was. Like, I was never going to go and fucking compete internationally. That wasn't anything that interests me, or compete at even a high level, or continue training for enough years where I'd be a competitive powerlifter. That wasn't something that I was going to do. So then I wasn't really motivated to train around it. Uh, so yeah, this is like a big enough goal. There's some nice milestones along the way. It's very, very objective, which like you spoke of it earlier and I mentioned it where the great thing about weightlifting and a lot of these sports, like a lot of the kind of strength sports or gym-based sports, uh, they're highly objective. They're highly measurable. They're really, really easy to track. We can keep an eye on so many different metrics. Like, this is perfect. This is adding 50 meters every week or two weeks or three weeks, maintaining that identical pace uh, and just keep going until I get there. Uh, And as well, it's probably not a bad thing for me to be fitter. No. (laughs) So? Uh, Yeah, so like that's, That's my motivation at the moment. Um, It's something that is, like, fucking scary enough and it has enough weight behind it where I'm willing to commit to something. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Like, I suppose if we're to talk about motivation in a small bit more detail, we typically tend to break motivation up into two distinct groups. So one is extrinsic motivation and one is intrinsic motivation. So extrinsic motivation would be, like, uh, me like the Eric Thomas video you spoke about earlier, Gurf, uh, or uh, me training alongside uh, Clarence or Gurf or somebody and seeing them with a big squat, and then me wanting to have a big squat because I saw somebody else have it. Uh, or look like be it wrong or right, like a lot of professional athletes are extrinsically motivated by things like cash or uh sponsorships or like fucking endorsement deals uh, which I think we see a lot of the modern kind of Instagram lifters uh, or Instagram crossfitters being incredibly motivated for like an endorsement from whatever clothes company or or supplement company it is. Uh, So that's extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation would then be uh, Gurf wants to snatch 180 kilos because he feels 180 kilos is the maximal amount of weight he can snatch so he's doing something just for him because he wants to achieve that or uh say for for an Olympian they want to they want to go and compete at Tokyo because they want to make it three Olympics in a row for them or they want to somebody wants to go and play golf because uh whatever it is, there's a, a huge amount of things. So basically intrinsic motivation is things that are direct, directly related to you. So they're just things that are coming from inside you. So intrinsic. Uh, and then extrinsic motivation is things from others or other sources or other things or comparing yourself across to other things. Uh If we're looking at things that like most of the studies done on like adhering to programs or adhering to protocols or uh, enjoyment or kind of well-being of athletes or, like there's a huge host of, of studies I've done most of the time and like this is how we always refer to to uh, like scientific studies most of the time it appears as though intrinsic motivation is more powerful for getting people to adhere to like a training protocol or uh getting them to stay playing with a team or whatever that is. Uh so Garf, do you want to give an example of like a source of intrinsic motivation for you? So I think
0: intrinsic motivation for me, what have what have I already discussed, I suppose there's like there is that is the overarching that is the entire Yeah. Intrinsic motivation. There is no more to add really, like there is nothing else. There was no more to that, I suppose. But for, I think for extrinsic motivation people, it gets a very bad rap in the last few years. So for a while there, when like when we, we went through that era on YouTube where people were, you know, the motivational videos of like Aaron Schwarzenegger like 12 rules for success or the seven rules for success. And then we had that Eric Thomas video, you know, with loads of those for a period of time. And we'd like those ones from like Brad Pitt and stuff. And in reality, I think now we've gotten to the stage where extrinsic motivation has been so filtered down by uh social media and also we see people posting selfies in a bikini and saying a quote by like marcus aurelius or or seneca or someone and then (laughs) you know the fuck you doing like you know so then we have
1: yeah
0: we've gotten to a stage where now where people are like oh motivation is overrated discipline matters but if you're not motivated to do your goal discipline will get you nowhere because yeah, you don't you want to do have it discipline. what is the point of doing your goal if you're not motivated you know so I think
1: yeah,
0: for me intrinsic motivation can be very useful in the short term so we have something like um, so if we like we're say we're training with someone else or a short like intrinsic yeah. motivation might be something simple as um, as a song you know or music choice when you're training you know so it's something that might give you a little boost in that moment in time That may take you over the edge to make that weight, you know, so if you're going for squats and you want to back squat, save a heavy set, and you want to go for a double, there is nothing wrong with going, oh, I love this song, I love when Luke Kelly sings fucking Whiskey in the Jar, it gets me so motivated, you know, or you might be like, Yeah. oh, Trivium's new song is great, I'm going to listen to that, and if that gets you pumped up to do an extra two reps because you needed two more reps, then fucking obviously if it's every day it's going to dilute it down but if that for that very moment it helps you get an extra then that is fantastic if looking at a picture on a certain bad day with a quote from fucking oh I don't know Michael Jordan talking about basketball or some shit yeah then if that helps you go on that day if you don't think you're going to go that day then there is nothing wrong with that I don't think there's any problem I think people have gotten exchanging motivation as a they've taken it to they've really brought brought it down and I think demonized it for no reason like so exchanging motivation is useful at certain periods of times if you're very smart with it I think
1: yeah like the the Jordan example there is uh, like it's really good because I think a lot of people listening to this will have watched the Jordan documentary The Last Dance uh, the whole way through it like he just you hear it over and over again you know like that was all the motivation I needed or somebody slighted him in some way or somebody made some comment uh, and like that was the only motivation he needed but he also like he understood how powerful motivation was Uh, so like he speaks about a story where the opposition coach sees him in a restaurant and he doesn't come over and say hello to him Uh, and he like that was in his own head, just told himself a story like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, that was like, he understood it so much, that he made up stories, in his own head, about like, walking out of a game, and the opposition player coming up to him, being like, uh, hard luck Michael, or or something like that, that like, years later, the player was like, I never said that, and then in the documentary, Michael Jordan was like, yeah, no, he never said that, I just made it up in my own head, uh, because he understood how important motivation is. So, like, discipline is important. And as you say, like... Like, I think extrinsic motivation got a bad rap for a good fucking reason. Yeah. Uh, because there's fucking people just living off hype rather than actually just going in and, and, like, setting in good routines and good protocols and good, like, training structures that they'd enjoy going and training. But... uh
0: but I think it's got, it has got got to a stage where people are like, extrinsic motivation currently is useless, so there's no need for extrinsic mo- motivation. It's like totally useless. You're a bitch if you're using it. You're not disciplined, you know, you're not getting up <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning. You know, it, it's kind of gotten to that stage now where, you know, the irony, I think, as well, of, uh, just as around Jocko Willick, is he's become the ultimate oh, extrinsic motivation did. for people to do things for temporarily and not through discipline just from listening to him talk now that's not his fault that's people's fault their own problem yeah like throughout my when i was competitive and stuff i would have used spite at times you know if someone else is getting better i would have been like fuck them i'm better than them i should be getting better than this you know and i would have been i still do it at the moment you know i'd still look at people i'm like they're not better than me like you know i'm better than them and that would motivate me sometimes (laughs) um
1: yeah I think, like uh, oh, we have to talk about a pet peeve, uh, so you mentioned Jacko, and Jacko is like Jacko. whatever a lot of Jocko, whatever his name is, a lot of people like him, uh, but like the hilarious thing is that Jacko is like he preaches the opposite of like he preaches intrinsic motivation, he preaches having good discipline yet the people who are really into him are like man you should fucking you should listen to Chris guy speaking or like they'll send you a video of like a 4 minute clip of all these little sound bites added together with like with the fucking lo-fi music in the background and they're using it they're using a very very good source of like how to structure your intrinsic motivations so how to get everything in your life set up where like, you're motivated to go and do these things and, and achieve certain things. And they use it as this quick little shot in the arm of extrinsic motivation. I just find that hilarious. Uh, and the pet peeve is, of course, the Dick person Gargant. I. Oh, my God. <laughs> and man, yeah. I despise just everything that that man is uh which sounds very harsh because i don't know the person uh but i that whole rhetoric of like i i just don't want to get into it because i've had so many arguments with people uh being like oh no we we actually won't talk about it
0: so <laughs> overall with extrinsic motivation You just gotta be careful if you're using it too much and it's hiding underneath that you're just not properly Mm -hmm. motivated and disciplined, of course. You can't get away from discipline being very important, but there is times when you can use extrinsic motivation and you learn what these ones are for you. Maybe it is a quote with a picture or maybe it is a good YouTube video or maybe it's a good song or maybe it's something looking at a video of a lifter or the other team playing or Just looking at an older video view or somewhere you want to go or is it a picture of the olympic rings something like that for a momentarily when you need it most then i think there is zero problem with that but it's just the problem is don't get over your line don't watch these videos pre every single session if it's the only reason you're going training
1: yeah if if the only reason you go training is that you spend Thirty minutes on YouTube beforehand, or before you go to the gym, you uh, have to listen to these five songs, or you're only gonna PV <clears throat> if you uh, like listen to this song as you're lifting. Like that's when things start to become inhibitory because those sources of motivation aren't always there. Like the other big downfall of of the extrinsic motivation and those kind of streams or those resource pools that we pull from is extrinsic motivations by their very nature are finite. So, uh, fuck this guy, I'm better than him. That's a finite resource because this guy isn't always going to be there unless you have a fucking twin brother who lives in the same house as you and works at the same job as you and plays the same sport as you. These people are usually fleeting, kind of... uh, We get fleeting windows into that person's career or sporting career... And then it's gone. And then what's the source of motivation? It's like, it's the same as it being like I really wanted a hundred kilo snatch and a one twenty clean and jerk when I was just starting weightlifting. And then you achieve that, and you're like, ah, shit, yeah, that's done. Like, you know, like what's the next thing going to be? So, like having those really, really fine out or finite extrinsic things that are just about achieving a goal or just about. Uh, like whatever, Uh, getting better than this person or just winning this competition. They're not like, it's very, very similar to goal setting where like they're not a process thing. They're not something that will continue on. They're not something I can like linearly increase and continue to grow and progress over the course of, of a career. They're things that I'll just achieve and then they'll be gone again. Whereas if you take the example of Girff like wanting to do, the best possible numbers for him. That's like these are things that constantly can change and adapt and mold and they'll like dip and dive and roll with the punches, uh and can be easily added to other uh, sources of motivation. Someone
0: asked, them um, camera it was maybe it was something last year. I remember having a conversation with someone and they're asking, Oh, they they say the waiver feel like giving up weightlifting and I can honestly say not once for one second in the last eight and a half years did I even think for a moment that I was going to stop weightlifting not even I can say this with all honestly it, it didn't even enter my head that I would stop weightlifting so because someone was like oh we all think about that from time to time and I can truly say I never ever thought I would yeah that I wanted to of weightlifting obviously there were times where yeah, I was like yeah, yeah. holy fuck weightlifting is so fucking hard why is it so hard but at no point did i ever think i just might as well give up i just it just didn't even yeah and that may not be a conscious thought that may be just something my brain is broken but it was yeah it's the truest answer i could give like i never even not even for the moment early seconds i think it's time to go up you know and i can't believe we're having the conversation but it's yeah. probably better not to but i think for <laughs> intrinsic motivation you may so for we we can't give you the answer for this you'll just have to really look at it yourself and decide what is mm-hmm. your real reason for training you know and you may come to realizations that you may not like as well which is a problem or not a problem it's it's a the truth is always better than lying to yourself so you may come to realization yeah. that you're and there's nothing wrong with it you just use weightlifting as a hobby and you may be telling yourself that oh i love weightlifting weightlifting my life i gave everything to weightlifting but if you look at your actions and we'll get to this in our next episode with of self-reflection, you know, but you may get to a point if you really sit down and think about your training, your actions may not line up with what you think your motivation is. You know, and this is what I'm going back to again is where mm-hmm. I thought I really wanted to go to the Olympics. But if we're being honest with yourself, I obviously didn't. You know, if we're. if Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I really thought I wanted to go to the Olympics, but my actions Lined up with... I didn't care about going to the Olympics... I just wanted to lift more weight... And weightlifting... You know that was... Now that doesn't that doesn't yeah, mean... Yeah yeah... I didn't want to go to the Olympics... But I... It wasn't the... The very core of my motivation you know... And so you may have to talk to yourself... And be like... Do you know I don't really want to go to the CrossFit Games after... I just like to go a CrossFit... You may think... I want to be a regional athlete... Because you think it might be the right answer... And it may be something people expect of you... But it, in reality your actions may not line up with that now your ability is different to your actions so you may not be able to go but you may want to go and that's totally fine but if your actions your discipline and whatever isn't lining up with what you think your motivation is and they're very closely tied to your goals you may need to it will be better for your training in the long run if you figure out that you're lying for yourself now you may have the conversation with yourself over a long period of time and obviously it took me years to realize some of this you know But it could be good for you. It could be great for your training. It may give you more motivation than you previously thought you could have possessed, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I think that's good. Yeah? Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Um, Yep.